What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Chirps. I'm Tara. He's Alex. And we are back after a busy but good Independence Day weekend. Hopefully you can all say the same. It was nice, Alex, to have a holiday that felt a little bit normal, maybe, for the first time in a long time. That's sort of my takeaway from it. I don't know what yours is. (laughs) You mean being able to be around people? Seeing yes. other people around each other. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. It also felt nice having a holiday that, uh, if you're like me, I was kind of busy traveling around, not too far, but I was, I spent some decent chunk of time in a car. And any time spent in a car is time not spent watching the Cardinals on television. So, which at this point is also a great advantage, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. For them. And uh, as you might suspect, then we may not be the most informed Cardinals fans at this point in the week, just because there have been much more interesting things happening in the last week than uh, than what the Cardinals have put on the field. Although I will say they are slightly better off this time this week than they were when we talked last week. But I mean, pretty low bar. So I don't know if that's something to get too excited about. At this point, we'll talk a little bit about that as we go along. But uh, Alex, this team is not fun to watch right now. Um, Is there anything about the last week that you feel a little bit good about? (laughs) Well, would you be interested? Because we talked about this earlier. What if we did a, I say one nice thing about the Cardinals, and then I throw it over to you and you say one nice thing about the Cardinals, okay. and right. we'll, we'll see if we can each get the three. It's like are, a it's like a, a method when your kids are fighting and you're like, okay, now say yeah. something nice about each other. All right. All right. Yeah, we can and, do this. And, and, <laughs> could happen because there aren't that many nice things about the Cardinals. Um, we'll just have to improvise. Okay. Or Or you can just add on to what I I said, or I'll add on what you said okay um so if i had to say something nice about the cardinals one thing i will say is i looked at the standings this morning and one thing really surprised me which is the cardinals are six and four in their last 10 games and boy does it not feel like it (laughs) at all no (laughs) i i would have i would have said four and six Maybe, eh, I, I mean, we had that sweep against the Diamond. You know, if we can just keep the Diamondbacks uh, on retainer somehow, that would be nice. Yeah. But just the call Cardinals them in are... every every couple of weeks when they're on a slump. <laughs> yes, but the Cardinals are somehow, some possible way, unless everyone's lying to us, six and four over their last 10 games. I've always enjoyed see- looking at that in the newspaper or online, you know, the last 10. I, I don't know how helpful it is, but it's just kind of fun to look at what teams are doing. And... This other team that we sometimes talk about that uh, kind of walks hand in hand with the Cardinals at times is 0-10 over their last 10 games. That team being the Chicago Cubs. They have not won a game since we last spoke. So the Cardinals have gained six games on them over their last 10 games. And now we're just a half game behind the Chicago Cubs. So that's a very nice thing to say about the Cardinals. There haven't been, they've won a few games over their last 10 games and the Cubs have stunk. And... If you want to look at it from a standpoint of, I think Fangraph showed them like at a 3% chance of making the playoffs, you can do the dumb and dumber there, you know, so you're telling me there's still a chance type thing. Um, but that is my first thing I'll say. The Cardinals 
have deceived us and have actually won some games over their last 10. You you stole my follow up just a little bit because I was okay. going to ask if the nice thing about the Cardinals, if it counts to say at least they haven't been the Cubs in the last <laughs> 10 games, because <laughs> it could be worse. It could be worse. Um, no, I think, OK, I will say that the Cardinals have two all stars and this year, as opposed to what was it? I, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before because pandemic baseball doesn't count in my brain. Um, but at least they actually had two players named to the all-star team, not just like, oh, everyone has to have an all-star, so pick someone. So that's that's one nice thing that I can say is that Nolan Arenado and Alex Reyes are all-stars. And I feel like I feel like that that makes sense. That holds up. So I, I will give them credit. The team has been pretty awful, but those two guys seem to have held up their end of the of the bargain. So you stole mine. Uh, you stole one of mine. Uh, <laughs> but I want to talk. I'll, I will expand a little bit more on Alex Reyes. Uh, I, the All Star Game is great, but for the game itself, <laughs> like I I love all the things leading up to the game. Um, and then once the game starts, I lose interest uh, usually pretty quickly. Uh, sometimes I'll make it pretty far. Sometimes I won't. But one thing I absolutely love, and I think I will always love, is I love watching the players be introduced. Um, And I especially um, enjoy it when it's a player who is at his first All-Star game and also possibly his last. Like, I remember how thrilled Pat Neshek was there, uh, what was to be there in, I think, 2014. And I am going to have a big smile on my face when Alex Reyes is announced. Just thinking about all he's been through in his career, I think at this point, 2021, most of us had hoped he'd be a top of the rotation starter. Um, but things don't always work out the way you planned. And for him to kind of make it to an all-star game through another route, kind of walk in the back, I don't want to say walk in the back door, but kind of walk in the side door um, and to have a small moment in front of a nice crowd in Colorado, uh, that's going to bring a smile to my face. And so that is the second nice thing I'll say about the Cardinals and to kind of expand on yours a little bit, which is I'm very happy for Alex Reyes. It's crazy thinking that in the spring or even coming off of last year, we were thinking, man, I don't know if this Alex Reyes thing is ever going to work out. (laughs) And now all of a sudden, you're right. The role for him was a little bit undefined coming into this year. And I don't think this is exactly what they had written sort of in pencil with Jordan Hicks coming back for like a second. Um, But he's taken it and run with it. And yes, he does the Cardinals thing where he makes the ninth inning very interesting and stressful sometimes uh but he's been one of the very successful pieces of this pitching staff this year which the successful pieces of the pitching staff have been few and far between (laughs) so i will take it and yes i agree it is very satisfying to see alex reyes uh living up to some of the hype even if it's in a little bit of a different role than we would have anticipated and who knows what the rest of the alex reyes story will be after this season but to see him get that moment where his hard work is recognized and and his talent is being utilized and all those things. It's, it's pretty cool. Okay. My next thing I will stick with pitching, which might be surprising. uh, But nice thing about the Cardinals right now, oddly enough, Wade LeBlanc, which who saw that coming? Although I will say, He's pitched 16 and two-thirds innings so far for the Cardinals, given up four runs, struck out nine. I 
was told he didn't walk people. Uh, he does have five walks in the six appearances, although that's at a much lower clip than a lot of the other bullpen arms slash starter if they have to be arms that uh, we have seen for the Cardinals. So a uh, weird acquisition, something that we all kind of went, hmm, that's, that's your big move? All right, cool. But nonetheless, in the last week or so, Wade LeBlanc, definitely a positive point for the Cardinals. I, I like that one. And, and, you know, I was told KK didn't walk batters <laughs> either. And that has not been the case. Although he pitched, he pitched well last night. He had, he had a one-to-one strikeout to walk ratio, which is he struck out two batters and he walked two. Um, uh, whatever they won. I'm happy. Uh, there's just something about being on this, uh, on this staff. Uh, I don't know, throw, throw DeGrom on this staff and all of a sudden he's going to have a 9% walk rate. Or something. <laughs> uh, that just seems to be the way it works. Uh, so the last thing I will say, uh, the last nice thing I will say about the Cardinals, and I'm sure there's more nice things out there, but this is uh, one that caught my eye. Adam Wainwright is on pace to throw about 175, 180 innings. And if we had heard that before the season, I think we would have been thrilled. Uh, and of course, not to jinx anything, but he he has already eclipsed 100 innings, just barely. And I th- I think my my hope for him before the season started was about 150. And that's that's just nice to see because it's been it's been very much needed. And I, I said last week how much I love Adam Wainwright, so I don't, I don't want to go over all that again. I, I do want to talk about. Do you remember? Um, I guess this is getting away from the nice things, uh, but whatever. I just thought of it since we're talking about Adam Wainwright. I feel like in the off season, the story about sticky stuff broke <laughs> and, and Adam Wainwright's name was linked to it. And we talked about it for like an hour. When I say we, I mean like Cardinals Twitter or whoever. And then I think we all just decided to pretend it didn't happen <laughs> because either one, we didn't care because a lot of pitchers we know use sticky stuff. And two, we just don't ever want to think bad things about or, or impure things about Adam Wainwright. <laughs> so we're all just like, yeah, let's move that aside. Um, and when it popped back up about two, three weeks ago, kind of the same thing. No, no, he had a he had a uh, a rational defense, a, a believable defense, um, uh, somewhat. Uh, and so, and he certainly wasn't doing anything that seems to be so out of the ordinary that it would put a big uh, bad guy bullseye on his forehead or anything like that. Uh, But I just thought it was interesting that uh, I I think it shows that we don't ever want to uh, have to say bad things about Adam Wainwright. And I'll certainly keep up my end of the bargain. That's the last time you'll ever hear me uh, come close to disparaging Mr. (laughs) Wainwright. So um, I just want to get that out of the way. I'm noting it for the record of why it happened, uh, why we don't talk about this, um, why I believe we don't talk about this. Um, and yeah. Yeah, I think a couple of things. One, there's an astronomical amount of goodwill <laughs> built up around Adam Wainwright uh, that he, he's probably fine. <laughs> he's probably fine on on anything. Um, I, I shouldn't say anything. We've, we've, seen, we've seen legends fall, but Adam Wainwright... Uh, has built up quite the reputation and and yes, lots of goodwill surrounding him to maybe cushion some of that information. But the second thing is, and I really do think this makes a difference, is that Adam Wainwright was like, yeah, I tried it. <laughs> I didn't like it, so I stopped doing it. But yeah, I tried it because everyone else did. Um, 
there's somehow a difference in our minds, I think, with someone who will say, yep, that's a thing I tried once, didn't really like it, didn't keep doing it, as opposed to somebody that goes, no, no way, it wasn't me, I didn't do it. And somehow there's a difference in the way we react to that, which maybe is just because we, we appreciate a little bit of honesty now and then when there is uh, a significant lack of that most times. But yeah, appreciate that from Adam Wainwright. Um, and, and yeah, that's, I, there's no reason to, uh, to think poorly of him for that um, under the circumstances, I think. Okay, so my last positive thing about the Cardinals is uh, really specific to the last seven days or so. Um, Harrison Bader coming back from being injured, a, a grand slam, another home run along the way, uh, some pretty key at-bats there. Look, I think I'm always going to struggle with the sort of anointing Harrison Bader as the face of the organization because I don't think he was there yet. But to see him come back and to... I will, I will always say of Harrison Bader... Kid plays hard. He's going to give it all he has. There's never a question in my mind of how badly he wants it and the work that he's putting in to get there. I don't know what the long-term career for Harrison Bader looks like. It may be this sort of up-and-down roller coaster, streaky hitter thing, and that happens to a lot of guys. That's not unusual in the game of baseball. Um, but to see him come back, and it's not the first time he's made an immediate impact with the bat or on the bases or defensively in center field, um, so to see him come back and play well right away, uh, I don't know if we're going to still be speaking so glowingly of him seven days from now, but in the moment, well done, Harrison Bader. Welcome back to a team that looks slightly better than it did last week in part because of you. 100% agree. The team is better when Harrison Bader is playing, in my opinion, uh, that your mention of Harrison Bader reminds me of how close we were to being swept in Colorado. Uh, yeah. Down to the last strike until uh, Rondon came through before Harrison Bader's grand slam. Uh, and at that point, I think I felt very confident, like 9-3 is probably going to hold up in this game. Uh, <laughs> it's it, certainly better. Uh, it also reminds me, and I, I noted this on Twitter, that I'm a big fan of Matt Carpenter cheering from the dugout and uh, a blog of their own, uh, one of my favorite follows on Twitter noted how, and I, and I agree with this, that it's, there's something endearing about a person who's going through like their own kind of rough stretch to, to be clearly um, behind the team and excited when the team is doing something well without him. I, I think that's uh, at least on its face, the sign of a, of a very, very good teammate. And uh, speaking of Matt Carpenter, cause now I'm just you opened up, uh, I'm just going down these rabbit holes now. I do remember uh, several, several weeks ago when I brought up the like uh, players under the Mendoza line, but like with good on base. Uh, right. Yeah. Yep. So I, I meant to give an update on that, but and since we're talking about Matt Carpenter, I might as well now. Last I looked, he had a 182 batting average and a 314 on base. So he's still, I think Mike Jordanson right. had like a 375 on base. So he he has a lot of work to do, but. But that's where Matt Carpenter is now. Respectable, I guess. It, I, I'll tell you this. His on-base is higher than the Cardinals team as a whole. <laughs> uh, again, low bar perhaps, but nonetheless, small victories. We'll, we'll take it. A uh, big triple yes. from Matt Carpenter this week, though, that, mm -hmm. uh, that did the Cardinals well um, in a game where they were getting no hit for a long time, which seems to be the norm 
these days. So so good on you, Matt Carpenter. And I agree about seeing him in the dugout. It's it's very endearing. And I think to your point about it, it sort of represents at least him as a good teammate. It's nice to see because there were some strange rumors last year when he was struggling about how he wasn't a good teammate. And it was that that all seemed very strange to me. And again, I'm not in the clubhouse. I don't know. But on the face of it, he seems to be very, very supportive of the guys who are playing, even if his role is diminished because of it. Uh, It reminds me a little bit of Adam Wainwright uh, after his Achilles injury and the fact that when he was able to be back with the team he was that <laughs> that cheerleader guy that made you feel like okay we, we we got this we have all the support we need just from Adam Wainwright so that's nice to see that was sort of a bonus positive thing so we we weren't sure we would get to six different positive things and we kind of kind of found seven so yeah. uh, props to us <laughs> I could probably squeeze out a few more too, but maybe we'll save those for next week. Hold on to that. We might need them. <laughs> we yeah, might yeah. need those next yeah, week. We've we got a tough road want, ahead of the Cardinals. Back. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to have to double back the ones I did today. <laughs> right. So. Remember how I said that? I'm just going to use that again. <laughs> double up on it. Um, one thing that did happen this week that we sort of talked about, and I would love to know more of your thoughts. The Cardinals introduced a ticket promotion that for Tuesday and Wednesday, so you're listening to this on Wednesday, uh, get your get your tickets purchased uh, by the end of the 7th or this promotion is over for you. Um, $6 tickets with $6 in Cardinals cash. So basically free tickets <laughs> to, to, to sum it all up. We've seen the Cardinals do ticket deals before. This is not unusual. Um, to see the Cardinals basically give away tickets for free is interesting especially when you consider the timing and the fact that for the last week or so a lot of us this podcast included have talked about the low attendance in st louis i was just listening to uh ben godar on meet me at mutual with daniel shopta about his experience in st louis uh, about a week ago and saying you know about twenty eight thousand fans were there it was the least attended game he'd ever been to it was quiet it was awkward uh, that we talked last week about what would would that do in terms of the front office paying attention or ownership going, whoa, what do we do to get people back in the stands? Is it giving away free tickets? <laughs> is this a desperation move or is it just a really well-timed people aren't coming out right now, but here's a way we can get them into at least some of the you know higher up sections. They're still not giving away prime seating. Um, and it's a way to allow people the opportunity to get back to the ballpark without spending a fortune to do it. Because look, the reality is it is not an inexpensive trip to make your way to a major league baseball game these days. And now it is for uh, a couple of, a couple of tickets. You can buy them for a couple of days and use them through the next three months of the summer. Yes. Yeah, so you asked if it was a desperation move or if it was a smart move. I think it's both. I, I yeah. love this idea, frankly. Uh, I wish more teams would do this. I mentioned last week that is kind of a headache to go to baseball games yeah. now. And that's partly, it's mostly because of cost. And I'm a believer that one thing baseball should have over every other sport is that you can still take uh, and not to sound lame or like, you know, you don't have to be a family. Anyone can go. But but like you should still be able to take a family to a baseball sure. game and not have to spend a ton of money. And because that's how it always used to be. You know, the, at Old Bush Stadium, you could sit in the you know, those very uncomfortable bleacher seats for, for like $6 <laughs> a ticket yeah. or $8 a ticket. It was, it was very, they're very easy to get. They're very cheap. And 
even with this deal, you're still going to be spending money. A lot of a decent. Well, a decent yeah, chunk I mean, six dollars in no, cards cash might buy you a bottle of water. Yeah, yeah nothing cost, <laughs> nothing worth having costs six dollars <laughs> at a baseball game. Uh, I shouldn't disparage water like that. We all know water is important. Yeah, sixty. Yeah, drink your sixty-four ounces of water every day. Um, but I, I love this idea. Uh, you know, I, I was just messing around on the website to see what this looked like. Uh, I looked at, I checked on, I clicked on the Tigers game, which is August 25th. And I was looking around and yeah, it's all nosebleeds as it should be. You know, I, I don't believe that you should be able to get a, you should be able to take a family to a, to a baseball game and get prime seats for like, you know, $11 a pop. But if you're sitting in the nosebleeds, they shouldn't be that expensive. So I frankly love this idea. I think it's, I wish they'd do it basically every game, but if you're going to do it for any game, you might as well do it for Monday and Thursday when those are, those are not the, I'm guessing, most highly attended games, uh, especially those Monday games. So I think it's a great idea if you want to partake in this deal. And again, like like you said a second ago, deal ends tomorrow or today, I guess, when you're listening to this. I recommend getting seats in section 367. Uh, I looked, they're part of this, they're part of this deal. Because Section 367 is where I sat for Game 6 of the 2011 World Series. So if you want to have an even more meaningful experience, you can <laughs> go to a Cardinals game for free and kind of uh, and uh, know that you are sitting in a very sacred section. There you go. That's the kind of analysis that people come here <laughs> for is the real in-person, valuable advice on where to sit uh entirely based on your experience <laughs> so i mean i'm sure it would totally feel the same if someone else was sitting in that section they can uh live vicariously through uh, maybe if someone buys tickets in that section you can uh you know give them a, a, a dm version story of your your game six experience so they can really really soak it all in um but can i ask you a question real quick sure uh, because of the holiday, I was a little out of pocket. Were people criticizing this deal when it first came out? Were people I admittedly, saying, like, this is how far the franchise has fallen? Yeah. This is, like, this shows that, like, where it was, like, best fans and Saint whatever the Twitter account is, like, mocking this. Because uh, I didn't even see – I followed the Cardinals' Twitter account. And I don't have them on mute, but I have them on mute in my mind. Anytime they tweet something, I just, <laughs> just scroll right it. by. Yeah, they could – they could say, you know what? We think Thanos's idea of wiping out half the population <laughs> is actually good, and I would not see. I, I would just keep on scrolling. I just, so, I just, <laughs> I just really want you to on your in your Twitter Twitter bio just put. I have them in mute. I have them on mute in my mind because <laughs> that's quite the line. Do, do, do you pay attention to their feed much? No. <laughs> okay. I, I, yeah, I don't think anyone really does. Uh, <laughs> I mean, take, admittedly, take they're not they're not very interesting on Twitter yeah. most of the time. So, but no, I I think I was also not particularly involved in the the Twitter conversation over the course of the weekend. But what I did see was very much kind of head scratching. Uh, so free tickets? <laughs> That's what you're telling us? Is that you're giving free ticket? Okay, cool. Um, but I think also, just like I said, the timing of such an unusual ticket deal in the sense of, okay, it's, you're, you're basically giving away tickets, um, is that the, the timing compared to all the conversation about 
people not going to games and how different it is than, you know, these full capacity stadiums we see elsewhere. It definitely resonated, I think, with a lot of people as, wow, so so now you're that team that has to give away tickets to get people to come. That should that should raise some red flags, which is why I, I asked you, is this a desperation move? Is it a smart move? And I actually agree with your answer that it's both because I think it's clear that ownership, the front office, whoever pays attention to these numbers is recognizing especially coming off of a pandemic season, we've heard how many times like the the Cardinals in particular survive based on their, their fan attendance. And to see that not coming back, not bouncing back as immediately as maybe they expected it to, it's definitely resonating with the powers that be, but this is also a good way to kind of, sucker people into being like, I right, well, I mean, if it's only $6, and if I get my $6 back, then why not? Why not go to a game? So maybe it'll work. Maybe people will be smarter than that. I don't know. Um, admittedly, if I was closer to St. Louis, I would probably do it just because it's a cheap way to go to a game. And, and why not? But uh, that may be what they're counting on at this point. So yes, some people were a little bit on the the mocking side of things. Some of what I saw was more just the recognition of, oh, so you are paying attention. <laughs> um, and we'll see. We'll see if July through September, those nosebleeds are <laughs> filling up a little bit. We'll see what happens. <laughs> well, they have also, if I recall, have done deals like this in the past. I, I believe there was one before season started I don't know if I remember one mid-season, but I, I do remember something before season started where you could basically buy a pass for like standing room only tickets for yeah. like maybe t- a certain amount of games or I forget what it was, uh, but it, it worked out to a very good deal if you crunch the numbers or something like that. So I don't know if they do this, if they're currently 50 and 30 <laughs> right now, um, good chance they do not, but I applaud it nonetheless. Uh, you, you know, it's like the uh, uh, the ends justify the means. Well, <laughs> the means are losing, so I don't know if that's the case. But but regardless of why they did it, I I love deals like this. And you know, six dollars cards cash, which I assume is means just six dollars off concessions. Um, you know, that kind of knocks things down to basically the price of what things should be. All right. Beer ten fifty? Are you kidding me? Oh, beer four fifty? Okay, that, that <laughs> there sounds, you go. There you go. <laughs> sounds like something For one, normal. One beverage, uh, yeah, yeah. or like, like one hot dog. <laughs> sure, sure, but still, that's. I, I assume each ticket comes with, uh, right. you know. Yeah, yeah. That still yeah. sounds like what a normal person would pay for one beer. Uh, so sure, I there like. You go. All right. Yeah. So if you are in the area and it is you're you're not listening to this after Wednesday the seventh, uh, get your get your six dollar tickets. Um, okay. One thing before I throw it to Alex for the chirp of the week, I did want to note and and maybe I should have maybe I should have saved this, but it might not be relevant by the time we talk next week. So uh, Jim Hayes did mention on Twitter, um, Cardinal starting rotation ERA over the last eight games is one point seven nine. So maybe that should have been one wow. of my positive things. Starting rotation looked a lot better this time through granted small sample size Mm -hmm. uh lots of ways it can still go wrong but nice to see that piece of the pitching puzzle look a little bit stronger this week and uh you know who knows what the offense will look like a week from now but hey if you get your six dollar tickets maybe you'll at least see some good starting pitching (laughs) 
It is uh, two things. One, I absolutely adore Jim Hayes and almost anything he does, uh, whether he's uh, announcing serious stats like this or just being uh, funny man Jim Hayes. Uh, he does a great he does great work. Uh, second, and we touched on this last week. It is pretty amazing with a pitching staff that could set the record for most and for most walks with the bases loaded, uh, awful walk rate that. In spite of all that, the real problem with this team is the offense. Yeah. <laughs> that tells you that tells you how bad the offense really mm-hmm. is uh, when you compare it to how bad the pitching is and notice offense is still worse. Still worse. <laughs> still the bigger problem. All right. Um, that was how we turn positive news into, <laughs> into not so positive <laughs> news. And in that light, Alex, uh, trip of the week. Let's let's hear what you've got. Okay, so we uh, recently had Independence Day, Fourth of July. Uh, I like Fourth of July. Uh, that's a, I always enjoy uh, that holiday, and I enjoyed it this year as I have past years. And I wanted to look at Cardinals, uh, or at least people who played with the Cardinals, even if it was ever so briefly, who were born on the Fourth of July, and um, sort them by wins above replacement. Okay, and. There are four of them, which I don't know if I expected there to be more. I don't know. Um, I guess what? There's 365 and a fourth days in a year times four would come out to about 1500, maybe. I don't know. So I don't know. Maybe that adds up to how many people have played, have put on a Cardinals <laughs> uniform. I really don't know. Um, but there are four Cardinals who were born on the 4th of July. One you have heard of, three you probably have not. And if you have, I'm very impressed. Um, but sort of by war, number one, and maybe the Cardinals account tweeted this out and I missed it because I had them on mute in my mind. <laughs> Jose Okendo, the secret weapon, was born on the 4th of July. Uh, did you know this? I don't recall. It's one of those things that maybe I knew at some yeah. point, but it has not stuck in my brain. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I ever knew it. And if I did, it definitely did not stick in my brain. But he was born on the 4th of July and as a Cardinal was worth uh, 14.9 war, uh, according to Fangraphs. Uh, you know, we talked last week about Randy Macho Man Savage, about he just gets on base. Jose Okendo, almost 4,000 plate appearances with the Cardinals, 360 on base. He just got on base. He was really good. Well, he was good. He was good. You can say, it. yeah, really good yeah. might be a stretch, but he was absolutely good. He was really good played. at at some things. He was yes. really good at things like that. <laughs> he had like an amazing 1989 season, and yep. he was really good at playing the role he was asked to play. Um, all right, so he's first. Second, and again, he was at 14.9. Second at 1.9 wins above replacement is James Roseman, who played for the Cardinals in 1890, uh, born on 4th of July, as was his teammate, Frank Mallard, also uh, played with him in 1890, who had zero wins above replacement. And the last one is Milt Reed, who played with the Cardinals in 1911 and was worth zero wins above replacement. Now, here's two funny things. Just out of curiosity, I wanted to look when these three gentlemen died. Um, and believe it or not, James Roseman and Frank Mallard both died on the 4th of July as well, huh. which I thought was too much of a coincidence. Like, um, for instance, my grandpa, my great grandfather, my great grandpa, 
we always assumed his birthday was one day, was, was a certain date. But then one time when someone was messing around on those like Ellis Island things, we also found out that was the exact same date he immigrated to the United States. Oh. Which seemed like too much of a coincidence. So we thought maybe it was just like, all right, uh, what's the, all right, this is now your birthday sort of thing. You know, <laughs> kind of like how, how Vito Corleone became Vito Corleone. Um, so I wasn't sure if it was like, you know, records weren't great back in yeah. the late 1800s. So I wasn't sure if it was just like they died on that date and be like, all right, that's your birthday too. <laughs> you know, we don't know when you were born. So let's just say that's, but that's not the case. Uh, these, because uh, uh, I looked it up, I, looked it up even further and James Roseman, sure enough, was born on the 4th of July and also died on the 4th of July uh, on his 82nd birthday. Frank Mallard, the other one born on the 4th of July and died on the 4th of July, died on his 27th birthday, but I couldn't, like a year after he played for the Cardinals and I couldn't find out why. I looked all over the internet and I couldn't figure anything out. And Milt Reed, the other one, uh, died in like August or something. Um, uh, of some way to ruin Um, way to ruin the pattern (laughs) yeah but you know it's like James Roseman and Frank Mallard have this like Thomas Jefferson John Adams thing going on because you know those two guys died on the exact same date on the 4th of July which is you know pretty remarkable but they weren't born on the 4th of July like these two guys so true what started off as just a fun let's see who was born on the 4th of July turned into this kind of like oh my gosh and these guys also died on the 4th of July um Pretty, pretty, uh, you, you just never know what you'll find when you're messing around on StatCast on, Stat, not StatCast, StatHead. StatHead. There it Let's is. Let's get the name There on. it is. Uh, StatHead on BaseballReference.com. And there you go. That is your trip of the week. Cardinals born on the 4th of July, um, in- including two who died on the 4th of July and the one and only, the secret weapon, Jose Okendo. There you go. And Appropriately, some <laughs> and some other guy. <laughs> Appropriately historic in nature is your chirp of the week this time. Alex, I don't think there's a lot more we can say about this team for now, other than let's just wait and see what happens another week into this. We're going to be fine, I promise, sort of run for this team. Of course, a little bit tougher uh, opponents this week than they faced you know, with their run through the Pirates and the Diamondbacks and uh, not doing so well um, with the Rockies either. So the Giants this week, the Cubs over the weekend, then we have the All-Star break. So where they stand heading into that break will be very interesting. I'm sure we'll talk more about what they do moving towards the deadline. I don't imagine it's going to be particularly interesting as per usual, but we'll talk about it. Nonetheless, and if there's anything else you, the listeners, would like to hear us debate or discuss, or if you have positives about this team that we did not mention, feel free to join in that conversation. Let us know on Twitter. And um, Alex, we'll be back next week to to see what's going on as we head towards that all-star game that we'll both care about up until they introduce Alex Reyes. (laughs) And then that's probably it. (laughs) Sounds good. For now... He's Alex. I'm Tara. Check out Birds on the Black. A lot of cool stuff that uh, particularly our buddy Ben Cerruti is doing over there, as always, digging into some stats and trends and projections and all sorts of things there. Uh, And we'll talk to you again uh, next week. 